everyone and welcome to another episode of the Horror Friendly Podcast. My name is Katie and I am joined yet again by my two wonderful co-hosts, Charlie and Chantel. Charlie, stop mimicking me. <laughs> do you know Hi, guys. You should really make Charlie do that next week because, yeah, she's always taking the piss. You should make her do it. <laughs> Tell you also take the piss. Don't just uh, blame it on me. <laughs> I, I don't take the piss. I try and distract because <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I neither either of you could answer then because you both have mouths full of liquid and downing whatever booze you've got. Booze. I'm. I am drinking uh, spiced orange ginger ale. I'm Thank not gonna lie. Much. It looks like you just had a bottle of Captain Morgan's, and I thought you were just trying. <laughs> I mean, it look, in, in the light, it looks like a bottle of piss. So um, yeah. I'll take the Captain Morgan. So <laughs> Damn Katie, confess. Yeah, <laughs> I've got beer. There was one in the fridge, and I was like, oh, it's really hot today, so I'm just gonna drink it. Mine. <laughs> Love it. But yes, how have your weeks been now you've swallowed? <laughs> oh, Lord. Was too oh, easy. we're already on it. We're already back. <laughs> oh, as if season two couldn't get any dirtier. It couldn't. <laughs> it's perfectly clean. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it's been a right week. Uh, I've got a couple of things lined up in the world of virtual reality over the next few days. So excited for that. We obviously had Euros. We did. It didn't come home, did it? No. It didn't. But Bron no. decided. <laughs> I think everyone appreciated those uh, edits. Charlie's football edits from last week. <laughs> fact, I didn't tell you guys that I was doing it. I just posted no. it up anyway. Just, just like, saw it. What the guys? hell is going on? Charlie's got hold of the uh, the Instagram account. <laughs> All right, you, Katie. Anything interesting? No, not really, mate. No, I had some birthday celebrations. My brother turned thirty, so didn't write why Woo! I said nothing really because there was a bit going on. It was a bigger um, deal to him than it was to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Katie yeah. was just tagging along for a booze. I was, yeah. No, that was good. That was good. Can't believe he's thirty. Bit bit crazy, but there we go. Um, yeah, all fine. What about you, Cal? Uh, ah, do you know what? I'm back at roller derby. We're allowed back no. for sports, so I'm back on my roller skates in, in a building, Yay. not just at the skate park causing chaos. So it's good, we're not allowed Ooh. to hit each other yet, but we are back and it is good. So, yeah, definitely enjoying that. <laughs> Look at you on your health and fitness. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I also did my first hit thing. Hit? Is that it? Hit. Um, H-I-I-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a, uh, a YouTube video. It was uh, 20 minutes of Metallica songs whilst doing the hit, <laughs> and it was fucking painful. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah, you feel them ones quick. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, hardcore. Feel the burn. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, Metallica. Yeah. Don't think about doing it, Lewis. The place gets holier. But the place is evil. Sometimes that is better. What 
all of our listeners, this episode will contain some triggers. So just be mindful of the episode ahead. Okay, this week we decided to go back to 1989 and watch Pet Cemetery, the Stephen King film adaption of the book by the same name about Lewis Creed and his family who move into a new home and try to settle in. However, strange things happen after Lewis buries his daughter's cat in an ancient burial ground in the forest behind their house. Charlie, you hadn't seen this before. What were your no. first thoughts? Uh, fuck. That is my <laughs> first and last thought. Um, yeah, I'm still, um, I mean, I watched it, or I finished watching it about six hours ago. Um, and it's still very much processing in my head. Um, I haven't really spoken to you guys about it yet. So... I think over the course of this episode, my brain will sort of start to work out things and work out what I liked and what I didn't like a bit more. But right now, all I can say is fuck. I think that's fair. Uh, Katie, what are your first impressions of this? Um, yeah, I really like this film. I forgot how much I liked it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, and I forgot a lot of things that happened in it, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I really liked it. I think it's... It's a good old film. It gets really good, I think, towards the sort of last half an hour. It really sort of starts to kick off. So, yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's a decent film. What about you, Tell? No, I, uh, same as you, I love this film. Um, I think it's one of those that the more you sort of, like I read the book as well, um, and I've seen the remake, and then the more you learn about it and the more you kind of learn all the little, like, things to look out for, I just think every time you watch it, it makes it that, bit more interesting because you're kind of looking out for things in the background some of which I'll probably ramble on about as we uh, talk through it but yeah nice so we are introduced to the Creed family who is Lewis Rachel and Ellie and Gage which are Ellie and Gage are the children and I think they've moved from Chicago to Maine which obviously is Stephen King's favorite place bases all of his things in Maine um <laughs> And they, yeah, they're kind of just settling in, aren't they? And they meet, do, do they meet the cat there? Or did they bring the cat with them? No, they the bring cat's the cat. in the boot. He's yeah, in the, the boot in the, the see-through box. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's when, that's like when the little kid like came over and like, oh no, was it the daughter? I can't remember. So the daughter goes on like the swing. Yeah. Falls off. Oh, yeah. The kid runs out into the road, and then at some point, there's also a cat in a boot that which we see. So I can't Gage, remember which kid see. Gage, the little boy, he's wandering around in nappies, and the first thing he goes up to is the cat, and he calls it because he says like, "Oh, he's really cute." Like he only says a he's few so words until later. So he, he says hi to the cat, um, and then he goes and says hi to the lorry. Um, <laughs> obviously, being a child and two year old, doesn't realise you shouldn't say hi to the lorry from the road. Um, yeah, it's quite quite a quick opening in the fact that it is. he could have died in the first five minutes, like had it not been for Judd, the neighbour who comes running across and saves, saves the baba. Big Judd. <laughs> Daddy Judd. Uh, oh, God. Not Grand again. Daddy Judd. Yeah, definitely a granddad. Um, he's just Your... so... Ugh, I don't think how to describe him. I find him a bit annoying. A I'm bit. just going to put it out there. 
I feel like he's always there. Oh, they live in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing else around. And he's an old fella by himself, pretty much, isn't he? Well, mm. not by himself at this point. He's got his lady or whatever living with him. What lady? Isn't there a lady that lives with him? See, she, like, I think there herself. is. No, that's not his wife. She's oh, no, really... no, no. She has yeah, a Oh. oh, okay. This film has fucked me over already. I okay. thought he had a wife in the book, but I might be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, no, he... in. Uh, I really liked him in the book. He came across a lot warmer, whereas in the film, he almost comes across as like, really... Like you say, he's always just turning up. He's always quite... I don't even know how to describe him. Just... Oh, I, seem, I thought he was all right. Like, yeah, he's just some lonely old dude, doesn't he, really? Yeah. yeah I, I thought he was all right. But I think the family are quite sweet. and it, But it's that's that typical, like, picture-perfect nuclear sweet. family. What, you don't think the family are sweet? No, they're fucking awful. The mum's annoying, but dad is a fucking bloke and doesn't listen to anything he's told. The fucking daughter bloke. needs to fucking hit round the head. Oh, she's and, and no, I thought she was. I thought she was a bit annoying actually, the daughter. Aww, but I liked the others. I thought um, they all gay. But they're just that perfect, old, perfect little nuclear family, isn't it? It's like two kids, husband, wife. Uh, husband's a doctor. He's a, he's a doctor. <laughs> so uh, the girl is. Uh, I don't know what she's doing. She's on spring, isn't she? With a little tire. Um, and it snaps, but while she's on the uh, the swing, um, she sees like a little path going off into the woods. Yeah, and Judd, Judd uh, says he'll take them down there and tell them the story about it. And he does, he's true to his word. They go for a little little outing with him. Strong. Would you not have given the parents a heads up it was a pet cemetery first? Because it's kind of their decision how they talk to their child about death. He's very... He's very like, oh, it's fine. Your daughter should know about this. Whereas the mum's obviously freaking out. It's like, yeah, you yeah. really should have let the parents decide I, that one. I, I think as well, like later on, we hear that the mum's sort of got quite a bad experience with death. Yeah, um, he, he didn't know that. Like, it should have been his assumption. True. Um, however, you'd think, I mean, maybe not the three-year-old, but the daughter, I, I'm going to guess she's maybe around like six, seven. Yeah, I think about six. Six, seven. So you do have some sort of concept of on death by them whether you've experienced it or not it is another thing but but I don't think she did at all because I think the mom had kept, kept her really sheltered from it yeah so, yeah that's what it I don't know. Like. like he's really good about it the way he sort of explains it and, and tells the history but I just think you know if this was real life you would chat with the parents before you're like you know are you okay with me taking you and your two children to some graves like, it's not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea, so. <laughs> that, I think that's a fair just a, point. <laughs> just a, st- a stroll down the uh, strip the graveyard. <laughs> this is one of the bits I love because it actually throws back to the book because it, in the book they talk a lot more about the gravestones. So some of the graves that you see and they talk like you overhear the voices at the beginning. It's like the little children burying them. So you'll see those names of the animals they mention in the book. And then there was one that was actually put in there that was, I think it was Smokey or Smoky. That was Stephen King's daughter's cat. So they put that one in oh. there as well as a tribute, which I thought was really sweet. Onto one of That's the That's really sweet. Yeah. Ah, yeah, tribute to dead cat. Lovely. 
<laughs> again, like, Charlie, like, again, if it's, like, you know. Charlie's not happy, man. Charlie's not happy. <laughs> again, if kids know mm. that animals die, you've got to put them Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, Stephen, mate, like, we know that your daughter had a cat and we know it died. So we're going to put it in a movie. And so is it this point where um, all the business with the jogger happens? Just before that, I'm sorry, but I absolutely love the scene where, um, so they're having breakfast. And then, because Judd had said to the dad, I keep forgetting the dad's name, Lewis, mm. uh, if you don't want your cat to keep wandering, get, uh, get him neutered cause, or fixed because they don't wander as much. And then Ellie just comes out of breakfast with, I don't want him to have his nuts cut off. It's so sweet going out of a six-year-old. <laughs> She's so funny. She's ruined breakfast. I did find out whilst looking on the old uh, IMBD, um, Ellie is actually played by uh, a set of twins. Oh, that's cute. That's not unusual, though, is it? When they're that young. What's the well, boy? Nice. They were... No, so they were looking at getting um, like a couple of twins to do the boy, but the, the boy who plays him like blew them away so much that they only used him. Aww. Yeah, he's Miko Hughes. He's been in a few things now. Mm. I yeah, this his was name. his acting debut. Well, he was only two, I should hope so. No, he was three. He was three. Is he three? Oh, the whole three. Yeah. Bless him. Cute. Do you know how he came up with this story? Well, no, because I didn't even fucking, like, no. I so didn't the, know this film sort of existed until. So the cat, the cat that we see, the grateful that he was his daughter's was hit by a lorry and then his son had a near miss, which is how he came up with the book. Oh, oh. fucking hell. Yeah. Based on a true story. Yeah, right, well, not true. Know, I suppose. Well, as I say, it wasn't true. It was, um, luckily, it was not. Uh... But yeah, obviously it scared him enough to be like, what if this did fucking happen? And then he took it Stephen King way and made it all the extra. That sucks. Yeah, right? I know, it's like, it's like the same age as my daughter, my daughter, which uh, she'd just be a gobshite. She wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff. I don't think he... she's got a uh, career in acting just yet. <laughs> he is really good, to be fair. Um... He is. Very good. But yeah, then uh, Dad goes off to his first day at work. An interesting first day. Yeah. Victor it's Pascal. Pascal. <laughs> Pascal. I was Pascal, yeah. Pascal, Pascal, yeah. Pascal. He, yeah, so he's, uh, I mean, what do you make of this? Um, I know you'll probably talk about it later, Tell, but the special effects of this, I thought it was really good. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Like, because when he was laying on the table as well, there was one bit and I was like watching the brain and you can see the blood like leaking. I was like, that's fucking good. But then you could see his chest move and I was like, oh, that ruined it. Right before the jump scare. So I was like, fuck, he was technically still breathing kind of. Thing. Yeah. So actually it didn't ruin it because he was meant to move. Um, but no, the SFX was brilliant. And then like, I, too far, I love the SFX the whole way through this. <laughs> The um the cut scene as well and like it's so harsh like it took me by surprise that there's this guy getting like carried through with like his brain fucking linking out of his head because that's like, the first thing you see isn't it like cuts to yeah that, literally just his head like not even the yeah. people screaming no it's it's fucking brutal I loved it I can be really annoying again here as well there was a 
little Easter egg in the background as they're walking through the hall. There's a poster on the wall and it's a rabies warning poster. And there's a picture of a St. Bernard, which is a shout out to Cujo. Another Stephen King Who's book. Cujo? Oh, amazing. Uh, another Stephen King book slash film. Oh. oh Again, it's all, set, it's all set in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> they're all set in Maine. <laughs> Pennywise is also hanging about somewhere. But... Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all uh, they're all lurking around. Yeah, I feel like director Mary Lambert, who was, was directed by a woman, which is was interesting. Um, she uh, she was just filling in as many sort of references as she could, <laughs> just getting them all in there. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few. It was really cool. Mm. I find it quite cool. Um, so it wasn't meant to be directed by her. It was meant to be directed by uh, George. Uh, what's the zombie guy called Romero George A. Romero yeah yeah that guy really um yeah and uh, the only stuff that Mary had done by this point was the um the Madonna like a virgin music video and like a few other things oh wow so, so this is her first like little uh, actual big directing movie thing rather than That's very video. cool yeah Stephen King met her and just thought she knew the book so well that he let her have it so sorry back to victor pascal mm. um yeah so he kind of everyone thought he was dead and lewis is trying to look after him and trying to get a hospital sent for him and jump scare he completely wakes up and starts saying all the shit to lewis yeah, but he's just he's just like a person that's been hit by a lorry. Like he's nothing special. But I'd understand if he was like, I don't know, some fucking witch hunting demon slayer or something. But he's just like some some bloke that's been hit by a lorry. He's nothing, nothing special. Uh, I I don't know. I really like him. I think later on in the film when he comes back a lot, I think he's just hilarious. He's really funny. Mm. He calls Lewis by name even though they've never met, and then he dies. So Lewis is like, how the fuck do you know my name? So there's already some sort of, like, connection building up there. Mm. And okay. he he gives him another visit in the night when Lewis is asleep. But I love this yeah, bit. Fuck this. But, but I love this bit, because he's just like... Yeah, he's just like, will you will you please come, like, stop? I'm not going to ask again. And then, like, walks off, and he's doing the whole, like, I'm ghosty, spooky... And then Lewis goes along, he's like, Lewis, thank you. And then he carries on like all spooky. I just think it's really funny. <laughs> when he like breaks being the spooky guy and just becomes like, oh, I just, I don't know. It's so simple, but it just cracked me up when he does it. <laughs> then he leads him to the cemetery and tells him not to cross the barrier. Um, yeah. If that happened to you, would you cross the barrier? No. Exactly. <laughs> you just wouldn't. Well, because because after this next scene, he wake he wakes up. And so he thinks it's a dream. But yeah. obviously he, he sees his feet covered in mud. So he's like, Did I sleepwalk? So I don't know. I guess if it was still a dream, I probably still wouldn't cross the barrier. <laughs> like I'd still be like, nah, it was just a scary dream, but I'm just, I'm not going anywhere near it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I when he lifted the uh like his covers back I don't know why but I'd like set my I, I thought it was blood at first because I don't know why oh well and then like all of a sudden yeah yeah then all of a sudden like clicked I was like oh no it's dirt because he's just been wandering about 
but I think it's because we'd seen so much blood in the movie by that point. Like, I was just expecting it. Yeah, that's fair. No, but he looked like a zombie. I thought it was going to turn into, like, some sort of zombie movie like, at this point. I mean, I don't know what he's... wasn't wasn't far off a zombie movie. <laughs> I don't know what he says true. exactly. It's something about the soil being ruined, man's heart. Oh, God, I can't remember the exact words. But, yeah, they don't, don't go there. Yeah, don't he's go essentially there, warning them. Yeah. I love this character. I love that he was put in. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. Like, he's a little bit of comic relief as well. Like, not he, loads. I didn't actually understand his character that much because I'm like, why is this guy who has not, no real relation to them? Like, the only thing is that the, the doctor guy tried to save him and didn't even manage to do that because obviously his brain's hanging out. But I didn't understand why he was connected to them and kept trying to help them. Like he says, (laughs) he said to uh, Lewis, because you tried to help me, I'm now going to try and help you. So whatever he was. I don't like that, no. He could obviously like foresee some shit Mm. and didn't want it to happen. So he was trying to like send a warning. So then Rachel and Ellie and Gage head back to Rachel's parents and we hear here uh, Lewis makes some like comments about how his, her parents don't like him. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't go with them. He stays behind. Like he's only just started his new job. It'd be a bit shit to take like a day off already. <laughs> uh, but while they're gone, Churchy, Winston Churchill, <sighs> also known as Church, gets hit by the car, hit by a lorry and is found on Judd's front lawn. Um, he is hard as a rock as well when they pick him up and put him in that bag. He is. Oh, we love a bit of rigamortis. So, yeah. But then this is where Judd... And I think this bit is kind of like... You, you don't necessarily get like a big sense of it in the film, but the whole idea is that like the Indian burial ground is calling... Like once you know about it, it calls to you. Uh, and there is... There's supposed to be like a windigo that calls to you and like is kind of what controls a lot of it like when it starts getting windy for no reason it's, um which you, you kind of see in the film but not directly that it's that like it's a windigo doing it but you can see judd sort of like reacting to something before he mm. takes him to the pet cemetery and then they start climbing the barrier at what like at this point you just go no i've had a bad dream about this let's bury the cat here like, I know it was for his daughter, but just go to the pet shop, buy another cat. Like, I know. Do, we'll do what all the other parents do, just buy another one. <laughs> well, they, it's funny you say that, because there was eight cats used in this movie, <laughs> and they're all trained to do different things. So he literally so, did just have to keep buying new cats. Yeah, literally. Uh, I did think the cats were cute. Like, I don't really like cats, but I just think it was funny how, I don't know, some of the shit they had to do was funny. So they're in the Indian burial ground um, and Judd is basically just like, bury the cat there, man. See what happens. As well, he's like, you have to do it. Like, it has to be the owner. It has to be the the relative or whatever. Yeah. Family, I guess. Um, yeah, and then he's like, don't tell anyone what we've done. Like, don't, don't, like, he because he was about to phone Rachel, I think, and just be like... Well, I think he was gonna. He was Go probably cat. gonna like blurt. It. Oh yeah, I was gonna say about that the cat's dead. Well, yeah, because the daughter's <laughs> like the 
the daughter's like, I had a really bad dream that he got hit by a car. So it or a lorry. So it's like awkward. <laughs> this kid has like six. Like um, he, she's got the shining. <laughs> yeah. She she legit does. Like she knows her shit. Yeah, I think she does. Um, so My yeah, she have just gone straight over me. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's from the film The Shining. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, but guess who arrives back the next day? Kitty cat! <laughs> but when he comes back, I don't know, he looks kind of cute when he comes back. I know it's so stupid, but he's like the, the glowy eyes and they're like, you can, he's got like blood on his paws because he's like scratched his way out. But he just looked really happy to see Lewis. It reminded me of Goosebumps, you know, like in the credits of Goosebumps when the dog's eyes light up at the end. <laughs> Have you not seen that? <laughs> it looks just like it. <laughs> exactly like the cat. <laughs> I like where you just cut out straight. I know, I know. It. <laughs> Some of our listeners may understand your reference. However, it's lost on both Tell and I. But yeah, and then the family come back, the rest of his family come back and he meets them at the airport, brings them home. Uh, and straight away, Ellie's like, church, you stink. Uh, she doesn't Reek, want him mate. sleeping in her room anymore. Like She can kind of just, again, the shining, she can just tell it's like, a different cat she's like this is this is uh, well not a different cat but a changed cat um, i'm not gonna lie the fact that she had this uh sort of sixth sense it it annoyed me it was i mean there was a lot that was a bit too much for me but this was like another thing it's just like oh fuck off mate like it was just too much Do you not think that like little kids have they're like quite intuitive and they pick up on that sort of thing like well, not if you're in another fucking state. She was in Chicago. And it yeah. keeps happening as well. It's just too much. She really I can loves understand. the cat. <laughs> I know, and I can understand because obviously she's been told that the, the animals keep getting hit by the lorries. So I can understand that one. But everything else, nah. But did you also... But like yeah. later on, did you not figure out what it was that was giving her that sense? The Indian burial ground? No. 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 The Pascal guy. Because later the on, the jogger. The jogger, the one with his brains oh, hanging out. He's the one who's like feeding her the information essentially. Because he's trying to get their oh. attention. He's trying to get them to react. Oh. But anywho. Oh, um, I found him too much as well. So it just goes in, into that. Yeah. He just I don't think Charlie liked anything about this. I think you like this film. <laughs> but yeah so they're Any, all home yeah. and then cat's all a bit weird and then we jump to missy writing a suicide note did anyone could you anyone read it i caught the bit she's where got like, cancer it did say that didn't it? i saw the bit where i said i saw the word cancer and i saw can't take the pain but i couldn't read it all so i was assuming because she kept complaining about her stomach she'd had a diagnosis and then she just couldn't take it anymore mm. Um, which was a shame that like Lewis was a doctor and he couldn't help. But um, I must admit, I'm. I know obviously this whole film is to do with death and grief, but I'm not really sure why this scene was in there. I'm so was glad it, you said prominent, that. Is it more prominent in the book? Is there more to do with it in the book? I cannot remember this character from the book. Like again, I read it ages ago, so I need to reread it. But I'm so glad you said that because I, I like I watched this bit, 
And I was like, her whole character has come in, taught the child getting his nuts cut off and then committed suicide. But that was her entire character. And then she's gone. Mm. It was... Well, I think this is... Oh, sorry. I think the only reason she was there was to have a funeral so that we could find out the mum's story, Rachel's story. Mm. I feel like we could have found that out a different way, though. I feel like that was explicit for no reason. Yeah. It was really explicit and it was really... Yeah, and for someone that we'd literally met for half a scene, Mm. I think they could have either given her a bigger role or just not had her. It was a it was a bit weird. Well, this is why I thought it was um, what's his name, the old guy. Uh, that's why I thought it. Yeah, that's why I thought that this guy, this lady, was his wife because he seemed quite close and he seemed very like, upset at the funeral. Like I think they were uh, friends. I think they both lived there a long time, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I thought know they the were thinking. a fang. Maybe they were a thing, but they weren't married. There was no ring on it. Maybe they were fuck buddies. Maybe. <laughs> Fancy benefits. And that was their bones creaking. Um, but yeah, but we wrote. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, Rachel isn't at the funeral. And yeah. it's all a bit weird. Um, and then they we they get back to the house and Rachel opens up to Lewis a bit and tells her him the story him the story about her version like her history with grief. I think it starts to make a lot more sense about like other things that she's done previously at this point. But yeah, yeah. So this annoyed me as well because why are you telling your husband of however many years i mean they've got like a six seven year old together so they've been together i'm gonna guess a fair while why are you only just telling them about this massive part of like your childhood trauma that's been brought on by someone that you've only met like half a scene ago his fucking funeral i think he he did know because i think she said to him like you know about this or you know about zelda and he was like yeah but i think she just had to unload like even though she knew it he knew it sorry um i think she kind of had to just talk about it like and also she had to tell the audience um yeah Mm -hmm. i don't i think she was just trying to express herself like i do think he knew the story because as well straight away afterwards like he's not shocked like he you know he knew about it but straight away he's like you're taking some atterol whatever you're taking a sleeping pill tonight and this is why I hate, because yeah, he was like, this is why I hate your parents even more. Um, so I think, I think he did know. Mm. But it was just therapeutic for her to get it off her chest again. Yes. Well, but the story is, we should probably explain what yeah. happens. <laughs> so, Skip that um, then. <laughs> so her sister had spinal meningitis and um, so she is bed bound essentially so Rachel has to well her parents often asked her to bring up food for her and and Rachel was only a child at this point um and then I think what happens is Zelda dies when she's looking after her so it Mm -hmm. just totally fucked her up 
Yeah, she said she was choking and that worried her because she thought her parents would come back and think she choked her. Um, yeah. It looks like something out of the exorcism when you see Zelda. Mm. Uh, but Zelda was actually played by Andrew... Did you get... I know Charlie's reacting, so did you get the surname? How pronunciation? Uh, I, I don't know the surname, but I know it was Hugh, um, made by a man. Yeah, who um, that's Because... That? Yeah, so I know yeah. it was played by a man because they wanted it, like the, the woman scary. to look ugly. And yeah. um, they kept trying to cast like skinny women to do it, but they looked too attractive. So that's why they went with the guy. It's like with um, The Conjuring, where they got... Yeah. Uh, what's his name to... Um, Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Yeah, Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Because men are ugly. Ugly. I think I'm gonna say Andrew Hugh Hugh Batsek. I should have don't, don't worry. He, I'm sure he no. won't be offended. I'm sure Andrew. he won't mind. Andrew, the lad. <laughs> Andy. Andy. <laughs> um. So yeah. So she tells. So Rachel tells Lewis that story, and that's all a bit fucked up because yeah. If I mean, if you look at Zelda, if you Google her, if you've never seen this film, I mean, that's enough to fuck you up. It's really scary. Yeah. Scary yeah, little But then it gets a bit happier for a short while, and we see them <laughs> having a, uh, a family picnic. Um, and uh, I keep going to call him Daddy. We just can't do this every week. Lewis is flying a kite with Gage. It doesn't um, get happier, Tell. What are you talking about? For, I said for a, brief bit, for a brief <laughs> bit, for a brief sandwich, it was happy. They had a picnic okay. and a flying kite. And then we do a quick flash to a man in a lorry blasting Ramones. Good choice. <laughs> um, but then this is the whole uh, Windigo thing where, like, that, as soon as he dropped the spool or string, uh, that gust of wind, that's like the Windigo controlling it. That's kind of yeah. the idea behind it. That's the force. Um, and in the book as well, it talks about how the driver, for some reason, just felt like he had to speed up as soon as he got onto that road. Um, for no other reason than just because something told him to. And God, if this isn't like the most one of the most awful things in any horror film, poor little Gage runs in front of the lorry. And oh, it's just the fact all you see is that bloody shoe. Yeah, that, that trainer. Like that I, was just. I, yeah, oh. I, I I quite liked his death. Not in watching a child die. But I like the way it was done. Like it still had the gore, mm. but it wasn't so full on that you're watching a kid literally get hit. Because I mean, like, not gonna lie, I had had a little cry because I'm a sensitive soul. But yeah, I, I liked it. It was a um a good death. Were you expecting it? Because I know there was a lot of you were sending us a lot of voice <laughs> notes of like your predictions. I didn't know like yes. who you thought it I was was sending be. predictions. And someone <laughs> didn't listen to what I said and spoiled it for me. See, even from Katie. Oh, even so from Katie. Well, that might have been a that might have been a godsend in the end. Yeah, true. It might have been too much of a horrible surprise. I mean, I was predicting like one of the kids was gonna die. Because you were like I the mum. I was like, oh, how do we tell her it's worse than that? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, what did you make um, of the what did you make of the dad screaming in all the pictures that came up? That was sad, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I like that great. transition. Mm, I thought it was quite unusual. It doesn't normally happen. Yeah, uh, I've never seen film. anything like that before. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Oh, but but... I weirdly liked it. Like, it was a bit cheesy, but it was quite effective. Mm. Yeah. But then we go to the funeral, which is even more fucking brutal, because he starts fighting with his father-in-law. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. This bit actually got me so bad. Like, the bit where they knock the coffin and then you, like, you see his hand. Like, that was... Oh! I cried at that. I think like the size of the coffin as well was so upsetting. Father-in-law is such a dick. Especially yeah. since we've just found out that he literally left his sick child home with his eight-year-old and then he's going to turn around and judge like another parent in such a tragic time. Like, fuck off. Where were you? Uh, uh, where were you when your child was throwing up all over herself? Like, no. Mm, not good. Um, but yeah, this was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, they have an argument and then Gage's coffin falls down and yeah, it's all it's all pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I like Judd at this point because he kind of, he's talking to Lewis and he's straight away like, don't even think about it. Because yeah. he knows, and then he thinks it's his fault that Gage has died because he'd have, because he showed him that cemetery, therefore he set this all in motion. Mm. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely starting to blame himself. And he kind mm. of is to blame. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. You can't really deny that. No. Um, so's Judd. <laughs> so's Bud. Um, but yeah, and then Lewis sends Rachel back with her parents and with Ellie. I have to say, how many air miles does this family do? They must be fucking loaded, or they just have no care for the environment at all. To be fair, I can't remember like what time period this is set over. Like, I assume everything doesn't happen within a week. <laughs> oh, yeah, but to be fair, true. if my kid day had just died, day. if my kid had just died, I'd be going back to my parents as well. So fuck the air miles. At that point, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, they, they keep just going back and forth, don't they? Always well, on they, a plane. But they didn't know, like, you know, they didn't know the first visit was going to be so soon to the second one. Um, True. Like, do you know what I mean? They couldn't prevent it that. But, yeah, no, I'd definitely go running back to my parents if that happened, because fuck that. Um, and also, at this point, Judd um, explains um, the story of the local uh, Bill Batterman, um, who buried his son, Timmy. And that's kind of like how they, how Judd knew about all the goings on in, pet, in the pet cemetery or in the ancient burial ground. Yeah, because when they were there, Lewis was like, oh, has anyone ever buried a human here? And Judd was like, no, straight away, which was obvious bullshit. Yeah. And then... Turns out, yeah, there was there mm. was one that had to get put down. But that again, that SFX is when he's like ripping his own cheek. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. So good. Yeah. But yeah, he's comes back. So they so this guy buries him. He comes back in this like zombie-like state. So you kind of get well, you do get um uh, your first um your first scene of what it would look like if you buried a person. 
So you kind of think you can kind of see where it's going from here, but you get that taste of what of what they look like. <laughs> like this is the thing you you know you know you don't want him to do it, but you know it's going to happen because he's grieving and he's so lost and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He digs up his son, which is uh, he does. Oh, how fucking hard would that be? Um, but he carries him all the way over to the to the Indian burial ground. I think he's in such a state of grief, in unspeakable grief that I don't know. At that point, if you lost someone, would you would you do anything to get them back? Would you do this? Exactly. Like, does yeah. he even know he's done it? Like, do you know what I mean? Is he in so much grief that he's not even like thinking straight? He's not even like aware that he's doing it. He's just going through the yeah. motions. Zombie like state almost. Yeah. So it's you yeah you can completely see his side like you can see why judd is warning him but you can completely see his side mm. uh, we we do see uh gabe's little hand having a dig through the the rocks above him but that's uh, when we then cut over to rachel back in chicago mm. i'm not sure what that accent was please ignore me there <laughs> is it a chicago accent Oh, well, it was something. We can add it to your list, list of impressions. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so just before um, Lewis gets to bury Engage, um, again, or, yeah, rebury Engage, um, Rachel, well, he, she's getting a bit of a weird vibes in that house. Like, Ellie is waking up with all these horrific dreams, um, which obviously, as Tell said earlier on, we later find out. That that's um what's his name victor pascal yeah yeah um and then she i don't know whether she hears at this point whether she hears zelda say rachel because that's like quite an iconic scene when she can hear it from downstairs but basically she has a vision of of seeing um zelda again and uh yeah Oh, anytime she's on screen, man, it's just <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, mate. Right. This is possibly like one of the worst types of films you could have chosen for me because I hate anything that's got like a. She, she reminds me of like a witch, like a proper like 1800 style witch, like proper old school. You watched The fucking, Conjuring? Yeah. Yeah, fucking. Well, did I watch it though? Did I? I looked it from my fingers. Um, but like, yeah, this this uh, Zelda or whatever her name is, she's giving off me like the same like sort of vibes as Kundrum, really, like the sort of freaky witch vibes. Mm. And like, it's dead people coming back to life, which is like a big no go for me. Like witchy vibes, big no go. Like freaky possessed looking shit. No, just yeah, this is literally the worst type of film apart from actual ghosts and paranormal that I could have watched so thanks guys throw me in there with the deep end so just have a little rant mid-episode <laughs> and so Rachel was getting some weird vibes in the house and so she decides to go back go back to Maine and see what's going on with the old family lamb Yeah, so she leaves her daughter with her parents um, and she heads off. She manages, like, it, I, 
quite like this bit, but I also didn't like it at the same time because I, I don't like his character. But the fact that she's like trying to get a ticket at the airport and like she manages to get onto the airplane and like is able to do all these things where obviously if it was without this weird ghost thing's help, none of that would have happened. He's like the anti-Windigo. He can make the good happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, part of me is just like, well, that wouldn't fucking happen, would it, at an airport? Like, not, oh, yeah, I'll let the driver know that you're running down the fucking... It's when he holds the door and he's like, don't. (laughs) She can't shut the door because he's, like, held it in place. He's made it really stiff so she can't close it. (laughs) Yeah, it's... um... Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny, but at the same time, I was just a bit like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just don't like his character. It annoys me. It's too much. Too much. I think he's hilarious. I think he's so just some of the shit he does. I just think it's really not hilarious. It's probably like it's not slapstick, but just little <laughs> things like when he holds the door and when he's just like. What about yeah. this one? Like, I, I don't know. I just think it was, it was cute. I like it because it, I think it's such an intense film and it's such, it's so, a lot of it is so graphic that um, I think it's good to have a bit of comic relief, just yeah. anything to kind of like calm it down a bit. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, so whilst Rachel's on her way back, um, Lewis is reburying well, is get setting up to rebury Gage again. So he digs the grave out. Um, and then he gives him a little hug, which I thought yeah. was really sad. And he's in such like a zombie-like state, I think, Lewis, at this yeah. point. Like he's so consumed with grief. I think um, also, sorry, by this point, Rachel was also given a call to the house just to see where he is because of, of the daughter's dream or whatever. Um, and then obviously she calls the neighbour and he's like, oh no, I haven't seen him, I'll keep a lookout. And then there's police patrolling around the graveyard, so I don't know whether yeah. that's got anything to do with it. Or wait, maybe the, the police just patrol the graveyard, I don't know. And then, yeah, so then obviously um, Lewis then buries him in the burial ground and waits for him to uh, to come back. Doesn't take long. Um, I think he's back by what the next morning. Yeah. Well, overnight actually. The little muddy footprints. Yeah. Mm. And with them, um, I love that Church follows him as well. <laughs> yes, I did Stuck. like that. <laughs> Sticking together now. That. <laughs> it, it's like well, the cat obviously knows that the, the boy's dead. Like one of them, one of him, one of their kind. Mm. Mm. Um, zombies <laughs> yeah like zombified ghost people things and Lewis is still um, asleep by this point yeah. um, but that's fine because he's not after Lewis anyway he goes straight for Judd this did surprise me though because obviously later on we'll, we'll get to it but he, he's stolen his dad's knife thing scalpel yeah like, yeah, scalpel, and the dad's like literally right next to him. Why doesn't he kill him first? Because he brought him back 
So it's the same reason that like Church, like Church, I know he scratched his cheek, but he's relatively okay with him. Um, and Judd made a comment about like, it's not you, uh, what does he say? Like, it's not you own the ones you bury, but it's something like that. So it's like, you have like, you have the deepest connection. So although I think he probably was planning on killing his dad, or maybe he wasn't, maybe he was planning on killing everyone but his dad. Mm. Yeah. No, he wasn't, because he definitely went for the dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe it was also, yeah, take everyone else out first, because like as well, if the dad's brought him back, he obviously thinks he loves him that much, he won't hurt him. Yeah. And and maybe he went for um, Judd first, because this was kind of all Judd's doing in the first place. Hmm. Good shout. And Judd has killed one of them before. Yeah. So he knows how to do, so he needs to take him out of the picture. Well, he clearly doesn't, does he? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the only thing. Like, I love that when they brought him back, they didn't make him look too horrific. They didn't go over the top. They just kind of, he still looked like him, just like with a little scar. And you're like, oh, yeah, literally. You're like, just pick him up and cuddle him. Until he like, and then he just growls and like attacks a lot. And like, but he does he's it really so good, well. the little actor. He is amazing. When he's biting Judd's neck, like he's so good. So like for a little bit, you're almost thinking, well, he's only two. Maybe he's, he doesn't know well, evil. Of, Maybe he'll be okay. But... Part of it is done with a doll. Well, I, yeah, I mean, like it's quite scary obvious. Bits done with it a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some really obvious moments. <laughs> So it's not just the kids. Yeah, so. as great as this film is. But just his like, facial expressions. And when you know it's Miko Hughes, that he's so good. Yeah. I love him. And he just like growls. I don't know. I like, oh, it's just funny. And also um, we have another, re- well, not not rev- reference, but um, another similar thing in our films is uh, he uh, cuts off Judd's, well, cuts Judd's Achilles heel which we've also seen in Hostel. Oh, <laughs> and as we know from Hostel, one of the worst injuries. <laughs> yeah, not, not ideal. No, fucking horrible. As Judd proves again, you cannot run away. Because this is the thing, I was like, he's fighting a two-year-old and losing. Admittedly, this two-year-old has a lot of like strength and powers. And he has just cut his Achilles heel. But like, you think he could have held him at arm's length? I <laughs> It's got a lot of strength though, and when he's, but like he was biting his neck, and I was like, slap him! You can reach the child, but they didn't. Ooh. And then uh, he ends up with a good old Chelsea smile as well. Brutal. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, is, you're right. It is a brutal death for poor Judd. And then Rachel returns home. Well, sort of. She her car flips, doesn't it? Because the whatever it is the the wind is uh, trying to stop her getting there. And then she's walking along and then she gets a, a lift with a lorry. And I don't know why this is going to sound fucking horrible, but I was expecting the lorry driver to rape her at this point because I just thought something is going to fucking go wrong now. Like something's going to happen. Jesus, and I did not go there. Th- this is, <laughs> maybe I just got a really dark mind. But like I was just expecting just something else bad to happen. Because mm. the thing with this is she gets in a red lorry and it was a red lorry that hit Gage. Um, yeah. One bit I actually forgot to mention is at the beginning, I can't remember if it's like right before they unpack or are unpacking or like um, when they're having breakfast, 
but Gage is playing with a red tr- red lorry truck as well. Yeah. It's yeah. like that continued theme. And then so she's getting in a red truck, which does make you think, why the fuck would you get in a lorry of all things? But at the same time, the lorries use that road so much as like it's gonna go past her house. Yeah. Um I did not think that's, that's sinister. I, and I that's just, maybe why Charlie, you thought something bad was gonna happen yeah. because it's like yeah, lorries. Yeah. Well, I because I was thinking, but then I did then think I was like, no, nah, because they've just flipped the car over. What else that bad's gonna happen to this woman? Like, mm. well, and then yeah, because I don't, <laughs> I don't think the Windigo was trying to keep her away. I think it was just trying to delay her, because then Gage could kill like one person at a time rather than having Judd and Rachel mm. and Lewis all at once, because obviously she gets back once Judd's already been killed. And then go because she hears him calling her name. And it's a very helpful Wendigo. He's a very helpful Wendigo. Very organized. Yeah, he's got this. He's like, (laughs) he's like party planner of the year. He's like, I've got this, guys. Chill. (laughs) I'll get you all where you need to be. Don't you worry. (laughs) But he gets. He'd he'd be an excellent party planner. Amazing. Party bus. Here's all the lorries. Um, oh, yeah, we, no, yeah, so you're right. Pascal, Pascal leaves us now as well, but he goes, but Does he though? Yeah, because he, he literally he. says, This is this is I leave now as well. Well, he oh, leaves no, but then, now. Uh, that, that's fine because I was gonna say, because he then, well, the daughter now you're mentioning that is having another bad dream, ain't she? And then mm. obviously, we'll get there in a bit, but yeah, okay, okay. Again, he's got a lot of pieces to play. Him and the Windigo are just playing chess. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like they've all got a lot of moving mm. parts. Maybe not chess, but like, and like, they're just, yeah, they're both, they're both got a lot going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, she goes in and sees her baby. Oh, can you well, even imagine? Well, just before that, she's outside of Judd's. She's meant to be heading to her own house, but then mm. listens out and hears Zelda's voice screaming for her and so she's like well she can't believe like it's, it's not Zelda like is Judd in trouble mm. so goes into Judd's house um and I don't know whether she actually sees Judd dead before she sees Zelda I don't mm. actually know that no so she sees uh, Zelda in the corner mm. and then she somehow ends up on the floor then sees Judd or is it oh. in, uh, then in the the seal it in the um the loft? She like pulls, then sees her kid, doesn't she? Really? She Zelda turns into um, Judd. No, um, Gage. Oh yeah, so she must. Oh, I don't think she does. I think she sees I don't Zelda. Think she... It's actually yeah, Gage. Yeah. Um, and then when she goes to hug him, he kills her. Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah. But, but the whole Zelda thing, I know I can't stop talking about it, but when she walks in, she's like, I'm going to twist your back like mine and all of that stuff. Like, it's just... I know, I oh, know. So no. no, I know, it's not nice. Um, but then, yeah, as you guys say, yeah, he, she starts laughing and she's like, and Rachel's like covering her eyes. And then the laughing turns into the baby laugh, the famous baby laugh that we get throughout this whole like half an hour. <laughs> evil baby laugh evil baby um, 
And then, yeah, so then Zelda turns into Gage and she sees Gage and she's like, what the fuck? <gasps> the fuck, my baby? Um, oh, you'd just be, I don't know, everything, every emotion. Mm. Oh, I know. But it doesn't last long because, oh, he's dressed in the, like the clothes he's wearing as well. Like they, there's the picture from the parents' house and the top kind of looks like Zelda's dress. Oh. So it all like comes back around again as well, where it's like, and, it's and he has a cane as well. <laughs> I kind of love the cane, which I'm part. going to guess. Well, I'm going to guess <laughs> that maybe Zelda might have used the cane to walk before like the men dress has got really maybe. bad because obviously you need a bit of support and whatnot. But uh, maybe, yeah. But no, that the cane and the top hat based off there. There was a picture with like that whole look, and I just thought it was a, like he looked really cute. <laughs> he did look cute. He's the cutest little killer baby zombie. <laughs> but you actually see Rachel's death off screen. You just hear her screaming, don't you? Yeah. Which um, I wonder whether they can't, couldn't like just get a good sort of angle on, or whether they thought it was just more effective off screen. I'm not sure. Yeah, to not know what's happened to her. Yeah. Maybe. Because obviously we find out, but not That's until. That's true. I was going to say, because it can't be that it was like too upsetting for a babe to see a baby kill, because we've already seen him kill. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it was just, yeah. Or maybe it was, yeah, to leave it unknown. Well, I I do like the way that we don't actually see what he's done to her until Mm. right at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's good. I think that's really effective. But that, uh, again, is like a last minute decision, because it was going to be that was a bit more of a softer ending. But apparently due to the... uh, the the viewings earlier on uh like when they were obviously trialing stuff uh, it didn't go down too well so that's when they went a bit more brutal oh i didn't realize it was a um an audience i thought it was just mary lambert just like nah needs to be tougher no <laughs> it needs to like be it. more obvious <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be more obvious literally because um, like they could have lived happily ever after as a weird half-dead couple um <laughs> she was like, nah, like Jack obvious. and Sally. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then Judd wakes up and sees that there's muddy footprints and his his scalpel yeah. is missing, or at least his bag's open, he doesn't know what's missing. And then he gets the phone call. And it's the cutest little voice. My god, how could they make a killer so goddamn cute? Um and he's yeah, he's like, I played with Judd and Mummy. Will you play with me now? Like well, it's it's a call from the daughter first, isn't it? Sorry. There's a call from oh, the daughter um, yeah. who said that she's thought that her mummy's died and she wants to talk to her mummy. Um, oh, yeah, it's the he dad. He then hangs uh, up. Yeah. He's his father-in-law, yeah. And I'm then saying. he hangs up and then gets the second phone call, which is then... Yeah, Come oh, on, shit. daddy. But I'm in the other house. Come over here and play. And then that's when he doses up some a couple of lethal injections, doesn't he? And then uh, it's Gage flying out of the attic. Like the mum's body drops and that's what? like... Oh, we've so... got to kill the cat first. Ah, You're getting ahead of yourself. Fuck the cat. The cat gets stabbed <laughs> with a needle and dies while it's eating me. The cat was fine. Well, well, you know, <laughs> well this is... He was obviously trying to find out whether the cat would die from this injection. Yeah, true. Which it does. So he could trial it before heading over to uh, kill his son. Yeah. Which sounds very brutal now I'm saying it out loud. Just just a bit when you actually think of this film through. 
But yeah, then we see the mum's body drop through the loft and he sees Judd as well. Yeah, and then, uh, the good old look round. And then little Gage, who looks so cute, but then comes flying out the attic, which is obviously a doll at that point. <laughs> so obvious. And then when he's wrestling with him, he's like, oh, I love the 80s. Like, you can just spot them from a mile away when they use a dummy in a film. But yes. Big concussion. And then... Gage does get in a few swipes before. <laughs> yeah, Lewis... he's got a fucking shanked. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, really bad. Bad one or two cuts before Lewis manages to stab him with cuts. I, th- I want to say morphine, but some sort of lethal injection. He threw one down the stairs, but did get one in. Bit of cat. Um, I just love as well when Gage is like, <laughs> no, no fair. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think he must be like Ket or something because he's just like drifting off, isn't he? Over and like, mm. that's what I think it was. Out over it. I think it was an overdose of morphine, but I might be completely wrong. Whatever, whatever he stabbed into his child. No. Well, no, I think I think um, Lewis was doing pretty well considering when he woke up, he literally <laughs> banged his head on the table, fell out of bed. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud at that bit because <laughs> I've done it before and I can feel his pain. <laughs> <laughs> my my parents put a shelf above my like <laughs> teenage room like where my bed was and literally every morning I'd bash my head on it as I moved like my head up to sit up Ugh. like the absolute <laughs> pain at that early in the morning is not the one I'm too sure I've never had that problem <laughs> <laughs> well I don't even have an excuse I did exactly what Lewis did oh yeah <laughs> sideways <laughs> yeah no so he, he did pretty well with Gage uh. considering I couldn't help feeling sorry for him and he started crying. It was like he went back to like a baby again. I know. <laughs> but then Lewis, will he never learn? Takes his wife. He's a man. Takes his wife's corpse. Um, and Pascal turns up again to be like, come on, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> and like like Judd even said, the, like, the Indian burial ground was stopped being used because the soil was bad and because they like, it was shit and like people kept coming back and it was horrible. So if it was happening for them, what makes you think you're it's going to be different? But I also get it because he's just killed his son and he's grieving. Yeah, it's it's really hard, isn't it? He's like he's yeah. just in a he's really grieving. State. Yeah, he's just in a completely different state at this point. But he thinks it'll work this time because he didn't wait as long as he did with Gage. And it's, it's like I shit. understand his logic, but at the same time, your logic's bullshit because the cat had only just died. So he tries again, and then he goes home, and while he's playing cards, the missus comes home, and everyone lives (laughs) happily ever after. Honey, I'm home. Honey. (laughs) Uh, This bit is great Another film with fucking eye injuries, guys. To be fair, I forgot. What is it with the eye injuries? It all, like, drips down from her eye, and then he he starts kissing her, and it all goes in, like, their mouth and stuff. It's It's like a full-on kiss. Well, you yeah. don't like drippy eye when you're having a kiss? That's <laughs> uh, not ideal, no. <laughs> not the best. Um, and she just picks not up the big knife. Eye. She just picks the knife up off the table. And it ends. I and you it. just hear his screams. But this now asks the question, what happens now? Because he didn't kill her. So is she now just terrorising Maine? Is she just loose? Yeah, I reckon like... they're going to fucking know, though. <laughs> Especially if, as it seems like the locals tend to know about it. 
Well, so they judge, at some point. Judge generation knew about it, like him and he, because he was like him and his buddies when they were younger men killed the other one. So this isn't something that happens yearly. It's not something they're prepared for. Like, don't be wrong. I think one of them will kill her, but yeah, it's going to cause carnage. But I kind of mm. like that. I kind of like that it wasn't like a tidy ending with a bow on top. I kind of like that there's shit about to go and happen. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I um I'm also thinking that girl, the annoying little brat. She's now without a dad, a mum, a brother. Yeah, she's so with she's... her asshole fucking <laughs> granddad and a nanny. Like maybe the mum's gonna try and like go for her, like make her way over to uh, Chicago and then like kill her as well. So what are you gonna think's happened as well? Like what are the like they're just gonna have an even more like worse bad like bad impression. <laughs> the dad's gonna have more of a bad impression on the parents. Well, this is the thing because like him and his missus being dead is gonna be suspicious enough. But when yeah. they find Gage's body, like Gage was buried, so that's so much worse because it looks like he yeah. was dug up just to be like injected. Yeah. Like that's so much worse. I don't yeah, it know. Sucks. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know if they can leave Maine. Like, I don't know. I feel like there'll be, like, a thing where, like, the Windigo keeps it what, in Stephen Maine. King. Just keep exactly. them all in Maine. Keep him in Maine. He knows Maine. He likes Maine. We write about Maine. So, but I don't know if they can leave. I might be wrong. They might just, but I can't see her getting on a plane to go get Ellie. But if Ellie comes back, then she's in trouble, I think. Well, she's. I reckon Ellie will have to come back anyway with like maybe her grandparents and like, yeah. But oh, they're gonna have to come really back. Fuck it. Yeah. Have to come back to do... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, identify the body for a start. Yeah. Oh no, so... that's gonna be the god. That's gonna have to be grandparents. She can't do that. So yeah. Me, oh yeah, that would be grandparents. But yeah. still, so they'll then have to take her with them because she's now in their like parental control yeah or guardianship no, it, it is an interesting one um oh. yeah yeah it's where it ends yeah. so the sfx in this we've already mentioned like how good it is and how good like the close-ups are when you get to like the brain and you can see it leaking and the eye and you can see it like leaking into their mouths as they're kissing like everything was done so good that it like even close up it was like fantastic and then even nowadays, we watch the film from the 80s and it was, and it's still so believable, so effective. And we've got things like from something that gory to like Chelsea smiles and stuff being added in as well, and like cat scratches. They've got it all in this. Uh, and so the makeup department was David Leroy Anderson, Lance Anderson, who's actually his dad, uh, and John Blake as well was the makeup effects assistant. And uh, David Leroy Anderson and his father. Uh, Lance Anderson, they started AFX Studio about 30 years ago, maybe more. Um, and they've worked on so many different films that like you'll have seen their work everywhere over the last 30 odd years, from Nightmare on Elm Street to Bruce Almighty uh, to Pet Cemetery, obviously, uh, Cabin in the Woods, American Horror Story. Like they're just everywhere. They've done so much. You've got Men in Black, so there's just endless photos of them with aliens. And it's just, it's really incredible work what they've done. I haven't got loads of fun behind the scenes secrets this time or like fun facts because every time 
I looked anything up, it kept coming up with the new movie, the remake, um, which is such a shame because I'd love to know kind of like what was going on behind the scenes on this one because some of the, like I said, some of the effects are just so good. Even to the point they had to do special effects on a cat. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so well done. I appreciate the eyes. It's probably not lenses. It's probably uh, CGI. But like covering him in blood and everything and then killing him off at several points must have just been so much fun to do. So, yeah. Nice. Check those guys out. So there is two parts of uh, the music section that I'd like to cover this week. Um, we've already touched upon one part, and that is the Ramones having a little cheeky feature in the movie um, with, uh, I mean, they've got Shiva is a punk rocker, which is what the, the truck driver is playing when he runs over the kid. And there is also the end credits. Uh, we're listening to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones themselves. It was written specifically for uh, the movie. Stephen King is a big Ramones fan. They somehow got involved because the director, who I mentioned earlier, she'd worked with Madonna and like had done music videos. She had a friend who knew the Ramones, asked them to get involved. And then within an hour of... Um, them coming on to the set and having a look around and seeing what's going on. They uh, wrote the song and uh, the rest is history. I think it's actually their number one selling song actually in the US. And I think it's it's quite funny because it's uh, lots of arpeggios um, and chords and uh, a lot of Ramones music is written with power chords, which is um, basically two or three notes being played at once it's very easy it's in like most punk music um but because it's more of uh sort of like more like a rock ballad um like 80s rock ballad um it was actually a struggle for johnny ramon to actually play the <laughs> the uh, music and uh, needed dd's guidance to do so and get it out properly i don't want to be buried second part of music that I want to cover this week is the actual compositions of the score, uh, which was composed by Elliot Goldenfrill, I believe is his name, um, who's an American composer of contemporary classical music and film. He is an absolute legend in terms of um, contemporary composing. He has bloody done score, bloody ledge. Um, he has done scores for literally any type of film that you can think of, apart from comedy. But he's done like Shakespearean. He's done horror. He's done um, world films. Like he is just a fucking ledge. This was his third film, I believe. Oh, fourth film. Sorry. Uh, this was his fourth film that he had ever composed for. Um, he's gone on to uh, compose for Alien Free, uh, Interview with the Bank, uh, Vampire, Batman Forever, um, and he also won an award in 2002 um, for uh, Frida, uh, which was, um, I believe, a world film. 
but anyway he yeah he won countless awards for that um and what i quite liked about his composing was the fact that he was able to blend so many different styles so seamlessly within the movie and the way it would transition like sort of like major key moments like well, when we were having a picnic it's all very happy and floaty and then obviously we've got like a tiny cut scene where we've got uh, the Ryan's playing and then it goes straight into this real solemn music and it's yeah it was a joy to listen to and I will probably listen to the score again at some point and yeah he's a, a bloody ledge and he smashed it with this this score for this film nice so, would you guys survive in the well in the pet cemetery or uh, with your pet slash gauge coming back? Do you think you survive gauge? Survive gauge. <laughs> gauge. Are we going with gauge? Let's go with gauge because I think he's kind of like the one who's all centred around. I don't know. Ooh, Katie first. Go. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I'm just going to say no to like every single film, I think. But um, you say this every week. <laughs> I know. I guess because he's a little child, then I might have a bit of a chance. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, he killed like two grown men, didn't he? No, he killed Judd and no. Yeah. So I guess he only killed. <laughs> well, he killed one grown man. <laughs> one grown man and one grown lady. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably just gonna say no because he's got like super baby demon powers. <laughs> <laughs> Me, um, I I think it would depend on who comes back. Right. Okay. Like because obviously, like it would be like our equivalent, I guess. It would be like who we would bury in the pet cemetery. <sighs> so does that mean I've got to go up against like my revive zombie daughter then like <laughs> she's adorable she did a runner today so um she's not quite so adorable and I think at times I would <laughs> quite like to uh to have a way with her but <laughs> on the whole I, I do love my child she's all those listening um but uh <laughs> yeah you know what like I understand where they were coming from like they obviously like the mum in particular like being shocked that like she saw her son again and mm. oh yeah you know what I'm, I'm fucking dead I'm I'm, I'm slotted <laughs> mate I'm shanked I'm shanked by a toddler what about you Tal? so as I always say I'd want to say I'd survive this one because <laughs> two-year-old He's tiny and like the dad did bring him down with just an injection. So if you've got a lethal injection or something good, you don't have to get close enough. My problem is I've spent the last hour saying about how cute he is. So I'm going to come close for a cuddle. Um, so I'm screwed. Like I want to say I'd fight him, but I wouldn't. He'd, he'd have me won over just by playing with me. And that's it. I'm giving him cuddles and I'm dead. <laughs> thing, thing is like toddlers are proper strong. Like... Yeah. That they are lethal. I mean, I like, feel like they I could will drop... whack that will hit that will kick. I feel like I could drop kick him, but I just feel like <laughs> I don't want to. It's adorable. So I. Yeah, but like you don't that. know that it, you you don't know that he's like been revived by this point either. Exactly. So I would just think, oh, he's you know he's just sweet, and then I'm dead before I even know what's <laughs> happened. 
<laughs> nice painful death with a, a scapel. Awesome. We can't even win it a two-year-old. <laughs> wow, we, no we, we're doing well, guys. We're doing well. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> Uh, I think you, me and Charlie are just always going to be opposite ends of the spectrum. I think we're just always looking for different things in horror films. So, guys, what are we rating Pet Cemetery? Spooks out of five. Chantel, I shall come to you first. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Wow. I really like this film. I was really That's tempted awesome. to give it a five, but I just, I really like this film. I really enjoy it. I enjoyed the book. I love the movie adaption I love the fact that Stephen King makes a cameo uh, I love all the little bits you've got to look out for or you don't have to but you can look out for in the background I love all the little like callbacks to his other his other work um I love the fact that lo- I can't even remember I, oh, I can't remember when it was said but when they say love dead fuck living because it's a throw to Bride of Frankenstein like, I just think there is so much in this film. And I think the only downside for me is that they use the doll and it's really obvious. Um, and not... But it's not like they can chuck a two-year-old around, can no, they? No, but <laughs> they, they could have done the leprechaun thing where they play with him slowly and then they speed it up. <laughs> just pretend mm. you're air wrestling. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things that I would have no idea how to do it realistically, especially 30 years ago, but or 40 years ago now. Um but it's one of those things you watch now and it's just like, oh, that's definitely a dolly. Um, but I, I really love it. I I think it's a really good film. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I really like it. Sort of, as I said at the beginning, um, my opinion hasn't really changed on it. I think it's a, it's a decent horror film. The uh, special effects are great. I think they've really stood the test of time. Mm. And um, yeah, there's a lot I like about it. It's a bit cheesy. Um, but yeah, I don't mind that in a horror film. So I think I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Yeah, three also, and a half. Also, it's got the Ramones. <laughs> it does, yeah, it just doesn't go in sort of the four star, five star it like space for me um, in horror films. But um, yeah, I'd say three and a half. That's fair. Yeah. I think I'm always just a bit a uh, bit of a fan of Stephen King, so I always go a bit higher. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What about you, Charlie? Uh, so, oh, part of me wants to score this quite highly, and the other part of me is thinking, no, you don't. You fucking hate it. Like, I- I'm stuck. And a, and a 3.5 or a 2. Oh. Talk us through the pros and cons. Why are you leaning which way? So, I'm, I'm thinking the cons because there is just too much going on. Okay. Like it's just there's the sister, there's the floating dead guy with his head mushed up, there's the fucking wind. Like it's just all too much for what it is. And then on the other hand, I did like the idea of like bear, like the, the whole trauma side of it all. Like he's trying and he'll do anything to get his kid back. Um, I do wish that there was more sort of possessed animals, seeing as it is a pet cemetery. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it was somewhat, uh, I was somewhat able to um, predict what was going to happen. It was just 
at which point so I could predict what was going to happen. And like, I mean, it had some amazing jump scares in, it had some like amazing special effects. The music was great. Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to go for 2.5. I'm going to go slap man in the middle. Not that it, it uh, yeah, I mean, it. I would give it higher, but I would also give it lower. That's fair then. So, middle, so middle one. Yeah, I'm just going to play it safe with a 2.5. Amazing. And that is Amazing. episode three. Three. Episode three of season two. Nice. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for sticking with us to this point. And feel free to come back in another couple of weeks. Check us out on all the social medias and all the places where you listen to your podcast. And now that I finish sounding like a radio presenter, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded great. It sounded like a football presenter. Ah, he's kicking the ball to the left and the right. <laughs> She's been watching too much of the Euros. Have I fuck? I haven't watched any of it. <gasps> you didn't even watch England. Did I fuck? <laughs> anyway, bye. Don't fucking die. <laughs> Don't come back if you do. <laughs> <laughs>